Let us pray as we start. Dear Lord, we humble ourselves before you. With much desire have I desired to get to the point of being able to share this message. And so I thank you that you've given me an opportunity with your children that they may hear you speak to them. Now, God, in this hour, be seen. May you be lifted on high. And God, use me to make your truth clear to your children is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I, I, I like, as a preacher, to always have the freedom of the preacher. The freedom of the preacher is when I am told, hey, chief, just choose what you want to talk about. But I also like the challenge of uh, organizers telling you, you are confined between the perimeters of these four walls. So this is one of those moments I was told, hey, we want you to just do this. And, and I looked at it and I said, wow, that is nice. So this is what I'm expected to do. So what I'm telling you, our theme for the whole week will be simple. It's called Practical Application of the Ten Commandments. I did not generate it. It came from the leaders of the collegiate team. They said practical application. Then I asked myself, does it mean we are not applying these things or does it mean we are impractical with the application? But I told myself also, preacher, don't run before the team. Maybe you ask them. And seeing that we are aware of the Ten Commandments, could it be that our problem is not a knowledge of the Ten Commandments, but probably the application of the Ten Commandments to our lives? It could be that if you ask people, can you tell us the Ten Commandments? Maybe I start with you. Do you feel courageous to pick on them? Oh, let me also tell you. This is what we are going to do. We are going to have Exodus chapter 20. This is going to be our chapter of study for the whole week. By Friday, every one of us will have memorized the Ten Commandments. I mean memorized, word for word. We'll have memorized. By Friday, you know, as a speaker, you have to be relevant also. You have to be understanding. You don't wake up on Monday and tell people, hey, tell us Ten Commandments from verse 1. How? That is called ambush. By Friday, it means we are going to meditate on the words. We are going to think about the words. And I want the best way for us to go about this is every single day, we are going to study about some commandment. But at the end of that day, we are not only going to live with the study of that commandment, we are going to live with that commandment imprinted in our hearts. In other words, we will study. Commandment number one, commandment number two, commandment number three, commandment number four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But at the end of the study, when we are starting the next day tomorrow, we should have committed the previous day's commandments into our minds. By the time we'll be in commandments seven and eight, we should have committed one to six into our minds. Are you getting that? Yeah. It's not a memorization exercise. It's only that these things, we can be able to have these things embedded in our hearts. We know Psalms 119, verses 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. It says, your word I have hid in mine heart. So how can we talk about the Ten Commandments when we've not hid these things in our hearts? 
but let's try. What was commandment number one? No worshiping other gods but me. What is commandment number two? Um, the one for idols. You think it's the one for idols? <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Right now we are all correct, okay? <laughs> we are all correct. <laughs> the, the, the beauty I like with what you said, I think. You know, you, you, cannot, you cannot question somebody's thinking. <laughs> that person sat down and thought. So, Cynthia thinks it's the one for idols. Number three? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I like that. You, you need to have friends. I, I like this. Now, let me tell you one thing I like here. These two love you so much that when you are staggering on commandment, they remind you. That's how we should be in the church of God. Let me tell you, in the church of God, we need to be accountability friends. In other words, you, you, you don't watch me stealing. Then you say, yes, I saw. The direction you are taking, you're going to be a thief. No, when you see me stealing, you need to remind me. Commandment number this says, thou shalt not do this. And, and, and that's why I want us to go this. Number four. Remember the Sabbath. That, that, that one is on your waiting for. In fact, she, she was counting. She was counting like this. I'm number four. <laughs> number five. Honor your father and mother. Number six. Do not. Do not. Okay. Okay. Break the tie. What is commandment number six? Number six is do not murder. Do not murder. Okay. Oh, so, so you, you are sure? You are sure number six is don't murder? That one you are sure? Okay. So you, what are you sure about? Number seven? Do not steal. Do not steal. Okay. You know the beauty of this? You don't have to be worried. By Friday, we are home and dry. Okay? By Friday, we are set. Let's start from backwards, okay? It's easier to start from backwards. What is number 10? Yes. Do not covet. Yes, okay. What is number 9? Yeah? Don't, don't lie. Okay. What is number 7? No, number 8? Oh, 8. Steel? Wait, yes, steel. Okay. Let me tell you where the problem is. Number six, seven, and eight. We just know one of them is no killing, no stealing, <laughs> no adultery. So these ones, we don't know where they are, but we know there's someone between seven, six, seven, and eight. So let me ask you, why are we worried and yet we know they exist? By the end of the week, our targets, we should know where they are and which one is which number. So, hey, did, did you present us with the someone titles beforehand yeah. oh so we have them okay I'll, I'll give you an idea why I even shared them beforehand so what is our title for today what's our title for today oh you, you don't remember oh you didn't cram it no you don't need to cram these things <laughs> then you leave to the preacher to remember what is our title for today Will the real God please stand up? Now listen to this. I, I, I pick on a very simple one. Will the real God please stand up? Why I reflect on this as a, as a big question is, let me put it this way. In the world where we live currently, 
there's a challenge about worship. This challenge about worship is everywhere. Everyone is worshipping. That one let me tell you for sure. Everyone is worshipping. Even the person who tells you, I am an atheist, that person is worshipping. An agnostic is worshipping. Even the person who does not believe in anything is worshipping something. So one thing, there is a real fight about worship. There are some worship wars going on. And in seeking to address the worship wars, I ask myself this question. Will the real God please stand up? Because you see, if we don't know the real God, anyone can stand up and we will be worshipping that person tomorrow. If we know the real God, and if the real God was upstanding, then we will know this is the God whom we need to worship. Now let me tell you, why do we worship something or someone? Why do we worship? One of the reasons we worship, we worship from where we think there is power. We worship whom we think will provide a solution to our problems. We worship somebody whom we think that this person can protect us. So you see, at any point in time, when we want to start worshiping, it starts with these things. Where is power? Where is protection? Where is provision? Let me tell you, nobody decides to worship when they know that here it is dead meat. There is nothing I am getting. Here I am just wasting my time. Nobody does that. And you see, one of the reasons God gets a challenge when it comes to worship is because it seems like as young people or even as a church, we have put God somewhere and we have put other people who are claiming they need to be worshipped somewhere and now we are comparing. Why will somebody go to a witch doctor when they have a sick patient? There is the testimony that this witch doctor... Do you know what this witch doctor did? Now let me tell you, nobody is giving a testimony of God, a clear testimony of God. Do you know what my God did the other day? Let me tell you, when you give a clear testimony of what my God did, people are going to come and worship that God who did that thing. But because the witch doctors are saying, Ash, do you know that witch doctor? That one is a serious one. Even among witch doctors, there is hierarchy. They tell you the ones that come from this area, these ones are serious ones. These ones you don't joke with. So even you, a child of God, you are scared when somebody tells you, I'm going to see a witch doctor. Listen, when you tell me you're going to see a witch doctor, go, run, run, because the God I'm worshipping is going to deal with your witch doctor. You, you see, you are into the God of that witch doctor, I'm into the God whom I worship. Now, it's, it's a battle of gods. Ah, no. I'm not going fast. I don't care about time. I started late. <laughs> now, let me tell you something. Do you know the battle of gods? Let me give you an example. Here is Samson. Samson is brought into the temple of the Philistines. And then, Samson, when he's brought into the temple of the Philistines, Samson, the Philistines are already mocking Samson. And let me tell you what they were simply saying is our God, Dagon the fish God, has destroyed your God. We've overtaken you. We are stronger than you. Your strongest man who was representing your God cannot handle us. Then you know what Samson did? When you read the prayer of Samson in Judges chapter 16, in verses 28, he says, Remember me, I pray thee, 
O God, this once more, that I may at once avenge the Philistine of my two eyes. He says, God, remember me. God, this is not a battle between me and the Philistines. This is about your deity would and Dagon the fish god. These people want to know which god is in charge. Who is the real god? Will the real god please stand up today? And you know what happened? The real god stood up. Samson was able to kill more people at his death than even when he was still alive. You know why? Because God said, when my glory is at stake, I will stand to defend myself. Listen, we don't defend God. We don't defend God. You, you cannot defend God sufficiently. That's why I say, will the real God please stand up? It's not you. I don't need even to shout about him. My shouting does not make him the real God. He is God even if I am silent. Do you know something? If we all sat down and signed somewhere, we are not worshipping. Do you think it will change the fact that God is God? As in, Atakama Sote to Memruka. As in, we've decided, God, we don't care about your existence. She will still exist. As in, God is not desperate for worship. I think this is something we need to get. He's not desperate. You know, as human beings, you, you sit down and you say, now look, look at all these empty chairs. Imagine those are people who are not all worshipping God. God is not looking at it like that. God says, if you keep silent, even these rocks will cry out. In other words, he's saying, you don't understand it. I can be able to make this chair to worship me if you decide you're not going to worship and that's why in the book of Psalms, chapter 19, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament showeth his handiworks. He says, even the heavens are declaring that he is God. So when we want to address the issue of who God is, I ask myself the question, will the real God please stand up? Because to me, there are so many people who are claiming worship, and there is the real God who should actually be worshipped. Because he is God. And, and, and I think when we talked about practical application, <laughs> you know at times leaders are wonderful. Leaders are just a gem. They're just a blessing. You know leaders will sit down and, and they say practical. You know what that means? That means, hey preacher, we've invited you and your schemes of work is cut down. We want you to be practical about the Ten Commandments. In other words, say real things. We want to feel the Ten Commandments relevant to us who are living right now. You know, one of the things that has happened most of the times is we have the Ten Commandments which is applicable to them. We have the Ten Commandments which is applicable to someone. But here is a question of how does this how do the Ten Commandments apply to me specifically? Let's look at Exodus chapter 20. And God spake all these words, saying, I like this. You know, when, when I read the Bible, I, I, I get fascinated by the Bible as it excites me. God spake all these words saying. This is God speaking. This is not a preacher exposing. This is not Moses saying that God told me. This is God. In fact, oh, why did I start with this one? 
Will the real God please stand up? Listen, it's, the setting is Mount Sinai. Walk with me in my sanctified imagination. The children of Israel have walked through the, the, the wilderness and everything. Then they arrive the mountain. When they get to the mountain, then you know what they say? Esh, Moses, you think you're the only one whom God talks to? Be careful how you dare, elders and pastors. Be careful, be careful. At, oh, you think you're the only one whom God meets? Every day you come and tell us, God said, God said, God said. We want that God to come and talk to us by himself. That's how they dared God. Then God said, wow. This was asked, will the real God please stand up? We don't want this issue of, you live here, you go into the mountain, at night the mountain is shining and everything. Then you come in the morning, hey, God said today, be obedient. We want that same God to talk to us by himself. Let him tell us that obedience he wants. Hey, God said, no, 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 no. Those people have requested for my presence. Let me tell you, one thing you can be sure about, never dare God. But let me tell you, when you dare God, he takes men seriously. If God can die on the cross, it tells you that he takes men seriously. When men sinned, it was a dare on God. God, can you come and die for us? He said, okay, I'm going to do it. So here, when they said, come and speak to us the way you claim to be speaking to Moses, God said, tomorrow, tell them to prepare. I am coming. The day when the Lord was to come, the Bible says that the mountain started quaking and there were lightnings and thunderings until the children of Israel told Moses, Moses, please just tell God, let him just, let him talk to you. We don't want to see him. Previously, they were like, let's also see him. Let me tell you, do you know, if you think God doesn't exist, ask God that, God, I want to see you. He will appear to you personally so that you can experience him, so that you can see him. God can do that because he is God. They dared him. God came. The mountains and everything. And, and the Bible says that it was such that if an ox landed on the mountain, it was dying. It was so terrible until they said, okay, if that is, ah, no, or am I going fast? This place is next to State House. Have you seen when the president is about to come? When the president is about to pass, there's a lot of traffic. Why? Because there's just that motorcade first going to clear the way because serious things are going to happen. Now, let me tell you, God says, I am coming. I'm not sending a motorcade. Lightning and thundering, just do your duty. Prepare the way. Let them just know. Now, let me tell you, once you see the thunders and the lightnings, they saw all that they knew. Now, if this is thunder and he has not yet come, what about when he lands here? Hey, they said, God, no. We are going to take you at your word. That's why Exodus 20 verses 1 begins by saying, And God spake all these words, saying. These are the things that God spake. He said in verses 2 of Exodus 20, And as I've told you, tomorrow we should have committed Exodus 20 from verses 1 to 6 to memory. To memory. That is our starting point. Every sub, every presentation will be starting with our memory verse which will be what we've learned so this one will be memory verse tomorrow so just remember tomorrow when we ask you to start the memory verse don't say thou shalt not say and God spake all these things to them saying that is Exodus 20 verses 1 I said to all these things easy to remember God spake in fact even if you can't remember everything just say me I remember 
God spake all these things. These are the words of God saying. And what did God say in verses 2? Thou, I am, no, no, listen. He did not even start with thou. He started with I am the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Can I tell you something? We start with God's commandments as restrictions, forgetting his qualification. Listen, his qualification is more important. He says, I want to tell you why I am giving you instructions. Please don't just give me instructions if you are not qualified to give me instructions. Listen, when somebody is going to tell you that I want you to write for me a report by tomorrow, in what capacity are you asking for the report? You must be either my boss or somebody who is senior to me. You don't come. Imagine tomorrow you go home, then you have a younger brother. Then younger brother says, hey, I need a report of the whole week what you've been doing. Hey, if your mother told you that, has authority. But younger brother, how are you asking for a report? There is hierarchy. You need to tell me, in what authority are you speaking to me? And he says, I am the Lord your God. Before he instructs you, don't have other gods. Listen, how can you tell me not to have other gods? How can I be sure that you are relevant to me? In fact, the biggest question in terms of worship or keeping the Ten Commandments is about relevance. Relevance. And listen, the relevance of God, the relevance of God comes clearer in the presence of other gods. You didn't understand. Take breathe in out. I said you didn't understand. Let me explain. God is relevant because there are options. You have the option of worshiping another God. You are not forced to worship only this one. Listen, when you don't have another option, you don't say that this is relevant. You, you, you don't say that this is a must. When you have options, listen, the worship of God is a worship that has options. Ah, no. You're not still walking with me. I'm trying to break this down easily. Listen to this. Gods are promising. Ah, no. This is nice. We are in an electioneering period in Kenya. In an electioneering period in Kenya, we have politicians promising big things. As in a politician has just stood up and promised Kenyans you're going to work for only four days. Everyone is celebrating. Looking at the... And let me tell you, you're wondering, four days, if God said six days you shall work, how is somebody coming to say four days? How? Are you better than God? That may want you to work only for four days. People are cheering him on. Politicians are promising things. But listen, they are promising what they want to deliver. Now listen, worship is also about promise. This God is promising something. That God is promising something. We have to make a decision between the two promises. Everyone is saying, this is my manifesto. This is my CV. Let me tell you, how many of us want to be happy? Don't lie. You don't have to look religious. I'm just asking happiness. Let's just say you want to be happy. Okay. How many of us want to have riches? No, it's, it's not good to lie. I, I always say, listen, you, you, you don't have to look like you, you are more religious when you are poor. Abraham was rich and he served God. Job was rich and he served God. There's nothing wrong with riches. Riches can be worshipped. That's where the problem comes. How many of us want to have good health? Good health. 
Okay. All of you are not married? No. Oh, so you think one day you may want to be married? Yeah. You may want to be married, get into a relationship? Any? Okay. Okay. Now, let me tell you something. You see, all these things you want, there is somebody who is promising they can provide that. How many of us want to be loved? You want people to love you. Okay? Now let me tell you something. So many of us, like, how does it feel? I, I, don't, I don't know about you. Have you ever been uh, the best in something? The best? How does it feel? Okay, it needs a level of uh, godliness to be humble when you are good. It, it needs, as in, God needs to really help you when you are the best. Listen, the best here must not necessarily be academics. Yeah. You, you, you can be best in any other sector. But when you are good at something, as in, the feeling is nice. It feels good when, my brother, can you imagine people sit like, there are like 10 ladies who are asked, who is the most handsome guy, and then they, they quote you. As in, even if you want to look like you don't think you're handsome, but somewhere behind your back, you think like, those people are serious. They've done a good thing to nominate me, isn't it? When they're asking, hey, who is the most well-mannered guy here? Then they choose you. As in, even if you're not well-mannered, all of a sudden, you just start feeling, yes, I have some manners. <laughs> As in, what happens is we always want to have the best. And there's nothing wrong. You don't need to settle for mediocrity if you're a child of God. God wants the best for us. And you see, this is where the challenge comes in. These other gods are presenting instant gratification for things. Will the real God please stand up is what I'm reflecting on. There is a God who is telling you, you want fame. I am going to make you famous. People are going to like your YouTube channel and Instagram page. You're going to have one million likes by tomorrow evening just to do what I do. There is a God who is promising that. There is a God who says, okay, you want to be the best in your career. I am going to ensure you are the best in your career. There's a God who is promising that. You, you want money? There's a God who is saying, listen, if you only bow down and worship me, let me tell you, you are going to be the one who is driving the best vehicle in this parking lot. So you see, these are promises. So you sit back and you are analyzing God's based on what they've promised. That tends to be the default settings we have as human beings. I analyze God's based on what they promise. So you know, there's a God who promises instant gratification. And the reason I even gave the example of Abraham is, too many of us have made God of heaven to be the God of the hereafter. Let me explain. It looks like God will make you happy, but wait, in the new Jerusalem. So here on earth, you're going to suffer. As in, it's made to look like it's godly to suffer, because us, our happiness is in the New Jerusalem. It is, we've even gotten to a point whereby we have sanctified poverty and mediocrity. You, you, you make it look like, ah, no, you know, you don't need to be serious with your academics. You don't need to be serious with what? As in, we've made it look like God is interested in us just having good things in the hereafter. But, but, but that's not... That's not the true God. The true God wants the best for all of us 
Shia. In fact, I always say, um, if you want to understand God best, God wants you to have a wonderful life here so that you can be longing to continue living even in the hereafter. You cannot be surviving right now. Then I tell you, don't worry. There will be a better life. God must still be relevant to us here. You see, in heaven, there's only one God. Right now, when you can choose gods, in a dictatorship, in a dictatorship, you don't vote. You don't vote in a dictatorship. You don't vote in a dictatorship. Anywhere where you vote, it's a democracy. I know in Africa you can rig or anything, but anywhere you vote, it's a democracy. In a dictatorship, you wake up in the morning and you're told the president said, from today, nobody is going to do this. Here you can even say, that's not fair. Now let me tell you, our God is a God who allows us even to say it is not fair. Let me tell you, the fact that you can question God is a wonderful thing that God has placed in us. It tells you how loving God is. It's easy to say in a sermon as a preacher, if I was God, I'll create you in such a way that you don't question what I have said. I tell you jump, you jump. I tell you move, you move. Let me tell you, I'm not the only one. Look at the people who have designed these vehicles. Which vehicle is allowed to make its own decision? All these vehicles we have are designed in such a way that if I want you to go at 180, you will go at 180 or else I am saying this vehicle is misbehaving. That's human beings. Now, when you look at God, God does not force these things into us. God says, I am going to create you in such a way that you can have options. But I have to remind you, I am the Lord who delivers you. So when you look at the Ten Commandments, Ten Commandments begin by defining who God is. I like the Ten Commandments because don't start by telling me thou shalt not covet if I don't know who is addressing me. He says, I am the Lord, your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. In other words, I am your deliverer. Because I am your deliverer, please, now you can listen to the other things. Because I'm your deliverer, you see, these other gods are also promising, isn't it? Because the god of money promises money. Why do young people get into devil worship? Either knowingly or unknowingly. You subscribe into devil worship because there is quick money. Why do young people go into secular things of the world? Because there is popularity and fame. Right people, right now just look at, look, look at young people. <laughs> you know Nairobi is a wonderful place. In Nairobi, Nairobi is the place where you just sit down like this and you want a sermon title, you will see it. Everywhere. There's a time, I don't know that they still do it. You know nowadays, I'm, when you preach and you start saying I'm getting old, you even wonder what are those you're saying. But nowadays I think I'm getting old. Sometime back, I will see young people on Sunday spreading everywhere in the streets of Nairobi taking photos. Just photos. So you get, they're standing like this, taking photos like this, carrying their hands, doing what? And they're taking photos everywhere in the streets of Nairobi. And that was the in thing. That is how to maximize. As in, when you take a photo like that, there's one, there's one thing that they were targeting. After you've taken a photo, it has to be on Facebook or Instagram. Then we are waiting for somebody to like it. We are a generation that is 
feeding on likes, likes, likes. Let me tell you, if you've taken a serious photo, nobody has liked stress, depression. You even delete it, bring it down. Go look for another one. Change your hairstyle, change your dressing code, change your what. And until nowadays, when you tell people, please, just be yourself, they can't be themselves. Because we are depending on what they say. Let me tell you, if you don't know it, even we ourselves are nowadays starting to seek worship. Human beings are starting to seek worship. That is why we, we nowadays have followers. Isn't it? We, we have followers. And, and in fact, we are even competing. How many followers do you have? How many do I have? As in, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus has no followers. We have followers. And, and that's why I say, let's look at our lives. We need to ask ourselves, who is God in our lives? Because be, before we even apply the Ten Commandments to our lives, we must be able to have a clearer perception of God. Let me tell you, God does not begin by issuing instructions. He begins by telling you what he has done for you. He says, I am the Lord who delivered you. In other words, what is worrying you? Is it academics? I am telling you, if I delivered them out of the land of bondage, I can deliver you when it is academics. Listen, every time we are going to look at the Ten Commandments, we must remember that he speaks to us as one who has confirmed to us, I am the one who delivered you. So irrespective of what you are going through, he's already claimed, my relevance is, I am the Lord, I can be able to deliver. So listen, I'm going to tell you, don't have any other gods. That's why when you read now in verses 3, it says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Why? I have already declared to you. When the other gods could not deliver you out of the house of bondage, I came and delivered you. How do you go to the other gods? Even God is shocked. But they just tell me, how, how do you sit down? How do you sit down, enjoy the music by the other gods, and fail to enjoy the music of God in heaven? How? Explain. Hey, young people, let's be realistic. Let's be realistic. Let's be realistic. You see, it's the main problem when your source of entertainment is largely from other gods, but not the God who delivers out of the house of bondage. That's a problem. How can you be entertained by the God of this world? Then you want to say you are a child of the God of heaven. As in, how we carry out ourselves. Let me ask you, plainly stated. You know, the, the, the beauty of preaching out here is you feel a bit more relaxed. You can even ask questions one-on-one -on -one and point at people. It's easier, isn't it? So let's try. Let's try pointing at people. Then we ask difficult questions. Now, when I ask you a difficult question and I've pointed at you, pretend like you didn't see me, okay? <laughs> Just look, look, look down. Look down fast. Then I, I insist, hey, it's you, it's you. So let me tell you something. When you are stressed, what music do you listen to? When you are stressed the most, what music do you listen to? Now, beloved, I, I'm not going to make it so difficult that, oh, you must listen to this. I am not even a music director. I am just asking. The music you're going to listen to when you are stressed is going to show us which God are you going to go to when you are stressed. Listen to a music that can take you to the God who can solve your stress. Are you getting me? When you are happy, what music do you want to listen to? 
Listen to a music that can take you to the God who can continue enjoying that happiness with you. Because you see, the God whom we serve has things that surround him. So this God whom we serve has things that surround him. This is the God we need to know. Who is this God whom we have decided you, we are serving you. Okay? So everything we are going to do is tied to the God whom we serve. And that's why our title is, Will the Real God Please Stand Up? Because I feel like we worship too many gods. Too many. Let me tell you, do you know you can worship yourself as a god? You yourself. You yourself can be a god. Let me explain as a preacher. Happens very easily. Hey preacher, whatever you're saying, I'm not going to listen to it. This is what I think. The moment you are the rule of law, you've become a god. If we can read from the Bible, God has said, thou shalt have no other gods. Then you say, hey, you can shout all you want. I don't care. The moment you can tell me that, means you are the one who is deciding. That's why I say, agnostics, atheists, and all those people who claim there is no God whom they are worshipping, they are actually worshipping themselves. There are only two worship. You are either worshipping the true God, every other thing is a false God. There is only one true, the rest is false. If you don't worship God, you are not in the middle. I know as young people, at times you say, ah, no, I'm neither worshipping the devil nor God. The moment you're not worshipping God, you're a devil worshipper. Oh, no, preacher, now you're trying to threaten us. I'm not threatening you. Why do I have to? I'm just telling you the truth. The moment you're not worshipping God, no matter how simple your other worship is, you are on the side of the devil. There is no other option. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And, and, and listen to this. If you go to the book of um, Psalms 135. Psalms 135 verses 5. What does God say in Psalms 135 verses 5? It says, For I know that the Lord is great, that our Lord is above all gods. Did you hear that? Our Lord is above all gods. So, we have all the other gods, but we have our God. Please. There are very few men here. I don't know. The, the men who are here, you, you know it's men who mostly love football. How many of you love football? Love football. Yeah. No, no, I, 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 I'm not saying you know. You, you just love football. I want to give an example with football. Okay. Let me tell you something about football. I, I love giving an example with things I understand. I, I don't have to give you an example with medicine when I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I, 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 I also love football. Let me tell you, in football, there are different teams. When the game begins, you choose sides. Please, choose a side that can win. It, it, it's one thing, choose a side that can win. Listen, the biggest problem is, and, and it's not only in football, even in athletics, even in all these other things, there are those who win and those who lose. Please, when you are choosing a side to support, choose a side that can win, okay? Why am I saying this? You see, God says, the other gods exist, but I am above them. So why do you choose a God who is below another God? If you have to choose a God, why choose a God who has to seek permission from the other God to serve? As in, here, here you are, you want money. 
Then you go to your God and your God says, hey, just give me five minutes. I need to go consult with the real God if I can give you money. But I know you say, ah, but these other gods give cheap money. Now let's go to life. There's only one God who can give you life. Do you know that? Only one God. And that's why I tell people, you see which doctors, they seem to be serious. But the only thing they do is make people afraid. Those people are not that serious. If they are serious, they should prevent their own deaths. Why is it that a witch doctor can protect you and not protect himself from death? Why? You see, if you are going to choose a God, choose a God who can protect you from dying. Don't choose a God who can threaten you with death. Because you know, anyone can kill. Even another human being can tell you, hey, I'm, I'm going to chop your head off. You don't have to be a God to kill. It's so easy. Someone will just come and threaten you. If you joke with me, I'm going to kill you. And he just chops you off. That one. But let me tell you, nobody can tell you, if you die right now, I'm going to bring you back to life. That is only one God. So please, when you're choosing a God, choose a God who can be able to handle above the bare minimum. Bare minimum is life. But there's a God who is promising, I can give you beyond the bare minimum. I can give you greater than that. Let's read in the book of, still Psalms 135, Verses 15. The idols of the heathen are silver and gold. The work of men's hand. They have mouths but they speak not. They have, and there is no breath, or neither is there any breath in their mouths. They that make them are like unto them, and so is everyone that trusteth in them. This is interesting. It says, listen to the idols of the heathen. The idols of the heathen are useless. Now I'll explain to you how useless they are. A God who has to be carried from one place to the other is a useless God. How can this God protect you if it cannot even move itself from here to here? You see, when you're choosing your God, please choose a God who is self-dependent. Okay? Choose a God who can take care of himself. Choose a God who can protect himself. And that's why I tell you, even we who are Christians, let us never get into the process of thinking we are defending God. If people want to misbehave, me, I'm not going to stop you. But I'll tell you one thing, what God says. So you choose for yourself. I'm, I'm not here to start defending God that, you know, hey, our God is powerful. No, just wait. He will prove himself that he's powerful. If you think he's not worth worshipping, just think like that. But I am convinced that our God is a very powerful God. And he can be trusted. He says... These are the gods. You have, they can't even speak. Our God can talk to us. And, and I, 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 I know there's the other question of provision. In fact, let, let me go to the other part where the psalmist talks about provision so that I address one of the things we always question about God is, hey, God, you cannot be able to provide for us and such. God, can you be able to do one, two, three? Let's read the other text quickly so that I, I just explain as we close. Psalms 181 verses 9 says, There shall be no strange God in thee, neither shall thou worship any strange God. For I am the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Let me repeat it. Psalms 181 verses 9 and 10. This one I want you to read. No, no, 81. <laughs> hey, thank you, thank you. I'm, 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 I'm faster than what I am. <laughs> Psalms 81, 
Oh, you started turning to 181? Oh my. <laughs> Sometimes at 150. Yeah, I, I think it's because I was from 135. But Psalms 81, verses 9 and 10. Can we go through it? Okay, let's read it. There shall no strange God be in thee, neither shall thou worship any strange God. For I am the Lord your God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. Listen to that. Uh, have you ever had a God who threatens like that? And then he says, listen, give me a blank check. I'll sign for you what you want. Just bring a blank check. I'm going to sign it. Then you, you're going to write what you want. You see, the problem is we want a God who can be able to give us riches. The reason young people are gambling is because they want to get rich. It's nothing else. Just want to get rich. Let me tell you, when you're young, not, not only young people, all people, everyone wants to have the latest phone. Latest phone. Now here God says, listen, open your mouth wide. I'm going to give you the phone you want. Ah, uh, no, preacher, you're just saying. Me, I've been praying for phones. I'm not even getting the one I want. I get the reject that my mother left after five years. <laughs> but let me tell you, you, one thing that you forget is God gives you what you need, not really what you want. At times, the reason God does not give you a very expensive phone, imagine you have a cheap phone and we have no peace in church. No peace. No peace at all. As in, you have a cheap one. Can you imagine what will happen to us the day you get the expensive one? If with a basic phone, we cannot rest. We can't. After every two minutes, uh, you want to do something with it. You want to do. So God says, hey, now how do I assist this one? I'm giving you an idea. If you want a better phone, convince God I have taken charge of this one. This cheap one I know how to contain. Now give me a greater assignment, a bigger phone. And he will. Let me tell you, God does not give you greater responsibilities when you're still struggling with small things. When he says, worship me, God cannot share his glory with anyone else. In fact, when, when, when you read in Psalm, not Psalm, um, Exodus chapter 20, thou, verses 4, so that we finish this, verses 4 to 6, it says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. God says, listen, I am a jealous God. Don't make for yourself any graven image. You know what that means? any graven image of anything that is in the heaven. So we are not supposed to bow down and worship an image even of God himself. He says, no. Don't bow down to worship that. He says, number two, don't make for yourself an image of something that is on the earth. Here. You've seen a leopard, you've seen a lion. Don't make an image and worship it. Or anything that is under the water. So she's like put almost all levels and says, 
all these levels don't make an image. Do you know the other thing? Don't even make for yourself a mental image. Don't even make for yourself a mental image of something and worship it. In other words, when we are talking of there is no worshipping any other God, he says, I am the real God. I can assure you that if there is one who deserves to be worshipped, I am the real God. I am the one who can deliver you. I am the one who can provide for you. I am the one who has done everything that you need. Let me read for you something. In I, I said earlier on that when we worship God, we don't do him a favor. Okay? I said, will the real God please stand up? That was my sermon title. But I'm saying when we worship God, we don't do him a favor. Do you know angels? Do you know how serious angels are? Serious. That's why if one of us stops worshiping God, while God will be pained, but let me tell you, he's not going to suffer. He will feel the pain because he loves you, but he's not going to suffer. The angels are still worshiping him. And let me tell you, if you decided not to worship God, all these others have not yet decided. You're the only one who has decided. In fact, you're not being unique. A third of the angels decided that long time ago. So don't think that now you've done something new and now you're a serious one. You're not serious. Thousands of years ago, some angels stopped. You're just joining the wrong bandwagon. But late. 6,000 years later is when you're joining. But there are people who had, people like Judas had already joined. Those ones are there. Esau had already joined that bandwagon. You're not doing something unique. Listen, the moment you decide that I'm sacrificing God for the fashion of this world, you're not doing something unique. There is somebody who did that long time ago and sacrificed God. For 30 pieces of silver, 30, 1, 2, 3, 30 pieces of silver, somebody sold God. Let me read for you this one. In Psalm chapter 51, Reading from verses 10, it says, For every beast of the forest is mine. The cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountain, and the wild beasts are mine. If I were hungry, I will not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. God says, listen, even if I was not eating, I'm not going to beg you for food. These other gods, they beg for food. You, 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 you've heard of... Uh, uh, the devil and uh, these people who are looking for blood and such sacrifices. God is saying, I, if I was hungry, these other gods, when they are hungry, they look for sacrifices, human sacrifices. But God is saying, listen, oh, no, 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 this is what you have to get even if you don't have time. God is saying, in my case, I, who is God, sacrificed myself so that you can live. These other gods cannot sacrifice for you to live. They want you to sacrifice your life so that they can live. That is why you will deny yourself so that you give them. But God is saying, listen, I decided to come and die for you. I am the God who dies for his subjects. These other gods do not die for their subjects. And the God who dies for his subjects, that's too much love. That's so much love. He loves you so much. And, and, and when you read in these Psalms, I, I, I like Psalms 51. 
reading from verses 13, it says, Will I eat the flesh of bulls and drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving. Pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Hey, listen. But it says in this, that you know what? Problem with you is you don't have a clearer picture of me. Verses 16, it says, But unto the wicked God saith, What hast thou to do to declare my statutes, that thou shouldest take my covenants in your mouth? Seeing that thou hatest instruction and castest my words behind thee. Those who don't like the word of God, those who don't take instruction, listen to what God say. When you saw a thief, you are contended with him and has become partakers with adulterers. Thou givest your mouth to evil and your tongue frames deceit. Ah, all these things you are going to do them in the course of the week. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander thine own mother's son. These things you have done, and I have kept silence. Thou thoughtest I was altogether such an one as yourself. You know what? God is saying, you've made me look like you. You think I behave like you. Let me put this down so that you know I'm finishing. The someone doesn't have to be eternal, isn't it? <laughs> The impact can be eternal even with it being short. Now listen, I, I want you to pick this because tomorrow we are going to move on to the next. And, and, and we are going quickly. To, tomorrow our title should be What's in a Name, isn't it? Yeah. What's in a Name, yeah. Today we are just saying, will the real God please stand up? Now listen to what I want to say. I want to say something profound. God says, you thought that I was like you. You know, please don't put God into your mindset. God is above our understanding. When we trust in God, we trust in God that he can do so much. You see, just because when your mom is angry at you, what does she do? Yeah? Gives you a lecture. Now you know what? Your mindset of God is, my mom gives me a lecture. What about God? When God is angry at what you've done, what, what, what is the first thing you think of? Now God is sitting somewhere with the angels. Just let that one come. Full lecture. That's what you think. He says, you thought I was like you. God says, listen, if you think you've done the worst thing, just come unto me and confess I am going to receive you. He says, I'm not like your mother. Your mother gets mad at you and gives you a lecture for a broken glass. Broken glass, you've never drank in it. Your mom is not drinking in it. Nobody has drank in this bottle. Nobody's drinking using this glass. And then you're lectured like you're going to die. Hey, until you wonder, surely. Hey, ma'am, just wait. When I, when I start working, I'll buy glasses. I'll buy glasses, you will see. You see, because th that is the terror that your mom exhibits. Your father. You know, these fathers who just breathe fire. Even before he speaks. As in, do you know times, you find yourself lying to your father because of the fire he breathes. Not even because you wanted to lie. That one we'll deal with on the day of lies. But let me tell you, don't lie. In fact, I was telling people the other day, if you are tempted to lie, tell your mother, hey, mom, now let me tell you the truth. We are from a seminar on the Ten Commandments. I'm going to tell you the truth. You are going to get mad, but I'm telling you the truth because thou shalt not lie. Once you said like that, ten nil. Mom is not going to beat you. You're going to say the truth now. Please present, present your apology in a godly way. Don't just come say, Mom, you know me, I don't lie to people. Me, I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs> no, don't be arrogant. Don't be arrogant. Just say, Mom, we have learned. And I'm really struggling, Mom. I was tempted to lie. I'm really tempted to lie to you. And I know if I lie to you, you won't beat me. 
But if I tell you the truth, you are likely to beat me. But according to Exodus chapter 20, <laughs> I have to say the truth. Then you present your truth. Because you thought I was like you. Please don't have your mental perception of God obscure who God really is. The real God is a loving God. The real God is a God who can deliver on his promises. You can trust in God to deliver on his promises. The reason God is giving us these two commandments, commandment number one and commandment number two, thou shalt have no other gods before me, thou shalt not bow down and worship the other gods. The reason he's giving us these two commandments is because he's saying, listen, I'm so real in your life, I can handle your challenges. The reason we seek other gods is because we are facing challenges and we want solutions. The reason we go to other gods is because those who went to other gods have testified that, hey, you don't know. If you join this other god, you're going to be famous. If you join this other god, you're going to have money. So please, let me tell you, let us also testify of the goodness of our god. The problem is we don't testify that. Can I give you a challenge? Can I give you a challenge? I give you a challenge. How many of you have a Facebook page? Facebook? You have, you have a Facebook page? Oh, it's inactive. Instagram page? WhatsApp status? You have WhatsApp? Okay. Now, let me tell you something. Whatever platform you have on social media, I want to give you a challenge. I want you to do something today. Let's give a testimony of what the real God has done in our lives. I know you're like, hey, but, but me, preacher. You know, you, you know people have testimonies like the, the vehicle was rolling, there was an accident, I jumped out, I hit my head, and it was intact. No, 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 listen. You don't have to have a near-death experience to testify of the goodness of God, okay? There are people, your age mates, who are not seated here today because they are unwell. It's tough. Testify of the goodness of the Lord. Make people, but then let me tell you, I think the real God gets very limited airtime on our platforms. Limited airtime. Other gods are getting it well. Let me tell you, when mercy scores, everyone is having mercy on their WhatsApp status. Range Rover. Range Rover is serious right now. Because every young man who is aspiring one day to see a Range Rover, not even to drive, to see, they put that on their WhatsApp status. There's nothing. Jesus is not anywhere. As in, the things that we present to people are actually the gods we glorify. Can we testify of the goodness of the Lord so that somebody can come and ask you, hey, excuse me, I, I need that God whom you are talking about. I, I've been going through something. I need the God you're talking about. I need a real God. Because, let me tell you, these are the gods. Everyone has them. People just lack the real God. If it is the God of money, it's there and it's doing things. But the real God is the one we need in our lives. Amen. 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 So our challenge today is let us try, think, identify with the real God and share something about the real God on your status, WhatsApp status, whichever it is. Just share something about the real God. Because I feel like we need to bring back the real God into prominence in our lives. 
practical application is let God be relevant to us now. And finish with a word of prayer. But some interesting ideas come into my mind that I'll just say. One thing, the other time I was telling people, when you are praying, pray to the real God. Okay? When you're praying, pray to the God you understand. So I was, I, I was telling the congregation, like you, I was just telling them that, you know what? When you pray, don't pray to the God of Jacob when you don't understand even who was Jacob. You, the God who brought you here, pray to that God, okay? Just say, God, who was with me yesterday? And that's why at times we have a challenge in prayer. Because we are praying to a God we don't even understand. If you've passed exams, how many of you passed their primary school exams? You passed primary. Primary, you passed. Okay, now let me tell you. When you have university exams ahead, don't pray to the God of Jacob, okay? Start. The God who passed me through primary. Now, that's a God you know. That's the God you have seen, you've experienced. I want us to have a personal experience with God. Then we can talk to God. Then we can apply the Ten Commandments because we know the God we are talking about. God bless us. Let's stand up for a word of prayer. We pray. Dear Lord, Glory, honor, and praise be unto your holy name. For thou art the Lord above all other gods. There is none like unto you. We thank you for being our God and being our only source of refuge. This day as we come before your presence, we appreciate what you've done in our lives. And God, we appreciate that you are the real God. So God, please, do something again in our lives as you've done it, in a marked way, in a very distinct way, that we will be convinced that God is still relevant to us. That those who see us will ask us, who is your God? And God, we will want to represent you perfectly. In the midst of all these other tempting gods, everyone is presenting all their promises. And we know the idols are presenting their promises. We know the gods of this earth are presenting their promises. We know even the God of self is presenting a promise. But God, we want to trust in your promises. So we've come unto you. We pray that you help us. Now God, I pray for these young ones who have uh, spared their time to be here this moment. Thank you for them. I don't even know their challenges, but you know their individual challenges. There's somebody here who has a troubled heart. There's somebody here who is in the valley of decision. There's somebody here who does not even know what to do with God. There's somebody here who is just here for the sake of being here. But God, irrespective of why we are here, I pray God, impress our hearts with the fact that you love us so much, you are relevant to our lives, and let us continue coming to share you speak to us. Be with us, guide us through the rest of the programs that are ahead of us, and God, I pray that your abiding presence be with us throughout, is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. amen and amen. By the grace of God, I hope tomorrow to start at 9. God bless you.